Hello and welcome to another episode of Good News for Radio. Today we're going to be talking about unity. What price unity? Not long ago, well, back in 1966, uh, the famous preacher Dr Martin Lloyd-Jones, Minister of Westminster Chapel in London, addressed an open meeting of the National Assembly of Evangelicals and he called for a coming out of the denominations of evangelicals to come and and form a united church. Actually, not necessarily with him as leader. That wasn't what he was saying. He was asking evangelicals to come together and have right doctrine, to stick to the teachings of Jesus and come out of their denominations. But John Stott, a a well-known Anglican minister, stood up in the meeting and uh, put the opposite point of view. He said we should stay in our denominations and work and uh, pressure people to keep to the teachings of Jesus within our own denominations, but stay within there. And it seemed to me at the, uh, for many years um, that this was the right approach, that John Stott had got it right. But with the constant uh, changes in uh, what we believe in the big denominations, in doctrines uh, being changed, or at least... Uh, the ideas of doctrines being changed in major denominations, the ideas behind uh, 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 doctrines being changed and pressure to actually change what the church believes, it, it, it just seems like maybe I got it wrong and that Martin Lloyd-Jones was right all those years ago. We're going to talk about that. Let us know what you think by, uh, by emailing goodnews at petertimothycooper.com. But we're going to talk about it in the studio and uh, uh, we're going to see whether the call for unity is worth the price. Well, I'm joined in the studio, uh, as usual, by my constant conversation partner, Beryl Polden. So uh, how are you doing uh, this morning, Beryl? I'm doing very well, thank you, Peter. It's a lovely day. and It's a... Yeah, it is a it's a it's a bright day. We're always surprised when we say this on the show because we uh, we're based up in the northwest of England, and um, mm. uh, when it's a nice day, we like to point it out because it's quite rare. Um, but I mean, we're we're pretty unified here around uh, our I, microphone I so. in the studio. But it, I mean, unity, um, uh, the call for unity, um, you know, based on um, biblical principles. Jesus says uh, uh, that uh, uh, that you and I are one, even as the uh, I and the Father are one and calls us to be in unity. And he says that uh, says that uh, we are to follow him and follow his teachings and to teach others all that he's taught us to do, uh, as he says in the Great Commission. Uh, and and that, that causes a pressure. It causes a pressure if you disagree on what Jesus taught you to do. Yes. <laughs> That's the point. So... Uh, we um we're going to talk t- uh, today, Bill. I mean, you uh, brought uh, uh, to the studio this uh, article, which is reasonably recent, um, in which uh, we have a uh, Jane Ozan, uh, um, apparently editor of Viamedia dot news, uh, member of the General Synod, but writing for herself, uh, talking about unity and saying really. Well, I've just been saying that unity is not worth the price. That she takes a a decision or takes a position. What I was just saying, unity is not um, worth the price. She says, um, unity at all costs is not right. Uh, This is a quote from it, and then we can talk about this. She says, it's becoming clearer and clearer that the one thing holding us 
uh, inverted commas, in the Church of England back from making any real progress on matters of sexuality and gender is the constant appeal from those at the top to unity at all costs. So, no, uh, I'm uh, a member of the Church of England um, and uh, I work there as well. And you all aren't a member no, of the No, I'm not a member of the Church of England. So we can give different perspectives on this. What, what do you make of this idea that um, of unity at all costs? Is unity and keeping the church together uh, in, uh, the top priority? Or is teaching the right thing the top priority? Which comes first? Because it makes a big difference for, for what you do and how you organise yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, well... In actual fact, our, my denomination has split in the past. It was a long time ago. And your denomination is? To say. Uh, Pentecost. Well, uh, I, I, fall, I suppose I fall under the banner of the Elim Pentecostal okay. Church. Right, Elim Pentecostal, right, yes. Yeah, carry and on, sorry to interrupt. Their, their denomination split back in the 1930s, mm-hmm. in actual fact. Um, the person, the gentleman who started off the Elim Pentecostal churches um, back in 1906, something like that, um, he decided in the uh, at the beginning of the 1930s, no, 1940s, right. at the beginning of the 1940s, he decided that he would start off another denomination and leave the Elim Pentecostal churches behind. He started off the Bible Pattern Church. Right, which I've not heard of, but there we are. Uh, No, Uh, Uh, and therein hangs the tale, in a way, because you no longer hear about the Bible Pattern Churches. No, but you hear about Pentecostals and Elim. Elim Pentecostal Churches. Uh, You can look up on Google and you will find out where they are. Yes, yes, Jessie. So that was a... a possible split, but it ended up not being a split because the breakaway didn't grow. Now, in the past, right. in, the, in the let's take the Church of England, uh, which has now a special place in England, and it, it's uh, it's a big denomination around the world. I mean, the 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 Anglican Communion is the third largest grouping of Christians around the world. So uh, you've got uh, the the Anglican, uh, the um, Roman Catholics, and you've got the Orthodox, and I believe yes. the Anglicans come in next. It, yes. It's certainly it's a very big uh, group um, grouping now, formed uh, you know seemingly by accident by um, pe- missionaries sent out from the Anglican Church, yes, um, in England, and um, forming uh, um, forming missionary groups, and then separate national churches around the world. So that's who the Anglican Church are. Uh, they have a specific role in England as. Uh, uh, the bishops sit on the, the sort of advisory panel, that is to say the House of Lords. Uh, they, they, they're part of the legislative process in, in Britain. And so uh, it has a special part to play. But also it's a part of the, the culture of Britain. And if the, if, if the Anglican Church has a position on something, it's often taken as being the Christian position. So whether or not that's fair, that that you know that that's sort of the role that it holds within within the UK and the Archbishop of Canterbury, the, the head, although he doesn't have complete authority because the, the I mean the titular head is the Queen, the Church mm-hmm. of England. But 
you know, the sort of head seen as the leader, the Archbishop of Canterbury, his position on things is, you know, is often seen as the Christian view. Um, now, that being the case, it, it puts a lot of pressure on <clears throat> people staying within the church. He's given a lot of um, uh, a lot of exposure. If you are uh, within the Church of England and the Church of England changes its views on something, should you stay within the Church of England, ensuring unity? Is it important that the Anglican the Anglican Communion Anglican churches stick together, or is it more important what you believe? Well, much as uh, you know, in the Elim Pentecostal Church, should uh, uh, this chap who was the, uh, who went yes. off to say, uh, should he George actually, Jeffries was his name. George Jeffries should he have stayed within the within the church and tried to change it, or should he have left? And it, it's a similar it's a similar issue today. Um, yes, and. Uh, um, the issue in the case of the Elim Pentecostal churches yes. was George Jeffrey's view on British Israel. I don't know if you've come across that at British, all. No, I don't know. Something Just, to look up and... <laughs> yes, yeah, so here, there was a particular issue. Yes. Yes. Now, I don't know... Because that, so, it didn't uh, have to do with the Bible. Right, okay. Okay, so but now, it, now the issue today. Let's 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 bring it to today. The issue today, the main thing in the Church of England, which it has been since I was interviewed about thinking of becoming a, an Anglican clergyman, which is now um, twenty years ago, um, it was put to me that this would be the big issue, and uh, one of my interviewers. So he was an assessor to see if I should go forward. We had a discussion about it. And he decided that oh yes, you can discuss matters. That's all. That's what he was testing whether I could actually handle discussion from a theological point of view. But the point he said he was making was that sexuality would be the big issue and could tear the church apart. And he was right in that it's become the big issue. We'll see whether it, it certainly can tear, has. The, tear the church apart. And um, we we've, we've been well, I quoted this article right at the top of the show, and uh, in, in which uh, I quoted Jane Ozan. Uh, as saying that you that there seems to be this pressure to unity at all costs now we're just going to quote a, a, a little bit of what she said because she's coming mm -hmm. from a particular point of view but uh, uh, but despite that um you know it being a very specific point of view i think we can generalize her views in that what uh, she comes from a point of view that i would disagree with and that she is talking about what's known as the LGBT community. I'm not sure if such a thing exists as a community, but we know, you know, do they, do they, they don't all get together with jam, for jamborees. No. Uh, I mean, you know, you're talking about a whole, quite quite a, a varied group of people. But um, she's saying, she's coming from that point of view, but saying uh, that this, you know, I disagree about this. Uh, well, we could disagree. It could be anything, couldn't it? The point that you disagree. Yes. But as unity uh, as a church trump any sort of idea of sticking out for no this is what the bible really teaches this is what real christian belief is however you arrive at it uh when when are we actually in unity uh if we um uh if we're actually differing completely on fundamental issues and she puts it like this about being in a union uh, likening it to a marriage uh, if you if you if you're being bullied into believing something by someone or mm -hmm. bullied into something, you're not really in a marriage, you're in an abusive relationship. That's what she says. And so yes. 
are uh, is the church putting people uh, it's some people within it uh, is is it an abusive relationship are they putting them in a in a in a poor position in a position where they're abusing them because they have power over you that that's what the question so it's not unity she says it's actually abuse because it's coercive control um now the so the particular point is she's saying we're not actually united at what we believe uh, the truth is that there are many churches in the church of england that uh behave differently they yes. even have a, a structure the way that they structure the church differently yes and uh, uh we she's told uh, and the church says you can't change doctrine even if the holy spirit is working in you to say we've misunderstood in the past even if you say that you can't there's no way you can change it because christianity uh, has a set doctrine and you've got to stick to it and so therefore you can't have we can't have unity uh it's uh, you know we have to give up on it because um this call for unity is a denial of the truth i guess is what she's saying there's quite a few words in this um she says let's start calling it out for what it is um and we need to repent of it ask the spirit to set us free and what she's saying the truth is that we're not united and that it's actually an abusive relationship that's the truth she says what do you think of all that um it's a little difficult because i i think there are cases not not over sexuality but i think um it is true that there are people within the church of england who do abuse yes uh and um i mean the present uh if you watch the Panorama programme um, on TV back about a week ago, um, the Bishop of Lincoln has just been um, suspended mm -hmm. as a bishop uh, for because there are arg arguments and questions against him uh, for abuse. And all I can say is that he's been suspended. I don't know the truth oh. of it. Oh, is, so is this what sort? Of, is this like emotional abuse or sexual abuse or what is he accused? It's not said. Oh, it's not whether, said. Oh God, no, that's, that's very damaging. Just that to his reputation. There's abuse. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's obvious to me that there are ca cases of abuse of yes. some kind. Yes, but she's talking Even about power abuses. Yes, I guess she's talking sort of a like institutional abuse. Yes. Um, Let's uh, put it under that phrase. She's saying. Uh, in the concept, this is when you first introduced this topic to me, Beryl, you said uh, that uh, Jane Ozan has said unity is the golden calf of the yes. church. So we're worshipping unity instead of God. Uh, yes. So is that right? I mean, um, I, here we're not really talking, we're not uh, addressing as to whether um, homosexuality is sinful or not. That's not the point here. Mm -hmm. The point is, whether unity trumps conscience or unity trumps yes. uh, true doctrine, whatever you define that as being. Um, in other words, I suppose, if, from my point of view, was Martin Lloyd-Jones right? Or was John Stott right? 
which which is the most important the unity or true doctrine true teaching i would say true doctrine mm -hmm. um because i believe i believe the bible um, not everybody might agree with how i interpret the bible mm -hmm. but i allow the holy spirit to pull me up if i'm wrong yes and the holy spirit does guide me uh, there is a sense in my spirit of whether i'm doing what the bible says or not right yeah yeah so let's just apply that then uh, in this particular case we have jane ozan believing that um, the parameters of sexuality as usually understood are not true today so she believes in a certain thing mm -hmm. Uh, she sees it in the Bible. She, uh, this is what she's hinting at. I've not read her writing specifically on, on the particular case. And that's not what we're looking at here. What she's saying is that I see from the prompting of the Holy Spirit that, for example, same-sex marriage is right, mm -hmm. she would say. Um, she's, she's saying that, and uh, she's a supporter of the LGBT uh, Christian community. Yes. Now, so she sees that in the Bible. She, but the majority of the Church of England may, um, say, no, that's not in the Bible. And um, I would say, even those who support her point of view normally take it from a liberal position and they say, we should ignore those bits of the Bible because we've moved on. They don't yes. really take her position, which she said here, that the Holy Spirit has shown her in her interpretation of Scripture that that's the truth. Uh, she's... In a minority position, I think a more principled position than uh, I mean. I agree. I'm closer yes. to her point of view um, than the one I just articulated. Um, but does that mean that she should? Um, uh, that basically, what I'm saying is, should you have a gay church and a straight church? I mean, that's what we're saying, isn't it? Yes, uh, <laughs> I don't think you can. Yeah. Well, no, it wouldn't be a gay church. Uh, that's, uh, that's what, it's a church in which um, gay relationships are allowed now. I'm not. I, I really don't think you should be in a position where you. I think you either say something's right or it's wrong. That's my position. Yes. So I you either. And then you, you know have, where you stand. Either you you say no, we're forming another another denomination, and we encourage as we you should encourage it. If you're saying that same-sex marriages are a loving or that homosexual relationships are can be loving and not sinful, you should encourage them. Not, not just tolerate them. If you think they're wrong, you might tolerate them, but you'd say that you tolerate the, the people still being sinful, but you'd encourage them the other way. You'd say, no, uh, you, that isn't allowed and um, in God's law. You don't stop them from coming to church. That's a very mm -hmm. different matter. And no it, one is suggesting that. It also says in the Bible, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Yes, yeah. Yes, so how can we do it? So should, in fact, the church be split? Um, and with people, and I, I suppose what I would say is, and this is my point of view, I'll see what you mm -hmm. say in a minute, because, uh, well, there were three things here. One, uh, let, let's start with the first, there were three questions that I see. First of all, uh, should they split? The second thing is, uh, as a, um, the second thing is, if that's the case, if there's a split, um, who uh, you know how do you go about it who initiates mm. this split and the third thing is I suppose um, is uh, does it matter 
you know, about the that it's the the, the Church of England splits. So let's say the, let's say them in, in terms. So first of all, do, do you think? Oh no, I was going to say my thoughts first. So first of all, I would say um, that it makes sense to me for people who don't believe in the Bible, uh, the, the the biblical truth as has been traditionally taught about um, about sexuality, should leave uh, if if they don't. You know, people don't come round to their point of view, and I think there'll be there's been ample time for that to happen. So it probably is now time. You know, have it's been years and years and years. Uh, this point has been made, maybe thirty years. I don't know uh, how long it is, but uh, certainly since homosexuality has been legal in this country, it's been on the cards to argue that it's not sinful, and people have been arguing that certainly for a long time. Maybe it's now time. To split between those churches that allow it and those churches that say that it's wrong. Um, I think personally that people who are changing the beliefs are the ones who've got to leave. I can't see, you know, if you're changing the doctrine, oh, we'll set up a new one just as um, George Jeffries did. But uh, you shouldn't be taking taking the reins of control. So I, that that's uh, the issue I would have with the Church of England at the moment in that the trend seems to be despite what Jane Ozan says, that they're moving towards letting anything go. Not just not just this, but uh, lots of other things. Um, uh, abandoning the principle that Jesus is the only way, uh, allowing other sorts of um, religious observance in Christian churches. Now, it's, at the moment, it's banned. You can see there's a general pressure the other way. Um, I don't think that should happen. Um, so the third thing is, does it matter that it's the Church of England? I do think that the Church of England has a special role to play. Um, and so, what, as such, I think that that if, uh, if it would be a real um, important step for evangelicals to come out of the Church of England, but if they were to do so, I think that they should regard themselves as the real Church of England. I think that would be difficult for them to do. It would be very difficult, yeah. Mm. Because the Church of England is unified as part of the established church. Well, I think then the church in, would embedded. have to become disestablished. Yes. Yes, yes, I agree. I'm agreeing with you, yes. Mm. Uh, so, well, what do you think of that? Do you think that it's too big of a step to... Uh, oh, because... It, in actual fact, I think it carries out a great role at the moment mm. because it is established. Yes. There is an Im important part of establishment that yes. brings it to the attention of the whole uh, of the British nation, yes. if you like, um, to be married as an Anglican um, means you have to follow certain procedures yes. Yes. and so on. Yes, but do you even think... if you don't believe in it? Yeah. Um, yes, no, I agree. So, but I was just asking you: do you do you believe that um, a split is um, is it, it, it that you should split if you have such a big disagreement, such as the uh, as Jane Ozan is articulating? I wish I knew the answer to that, Peter. Right. Right. <laughs> I guess it is, yeah, what you're saying is it's a judgment call. It's a judgment yeah, call. Yes, it's yes. not that it's necess 
Not that it's always wrong or always right, it's just that... Uh, it's just, just as it was a judgment call back in the days of Martin Lloyd-Jones. Yes, yeah. Now, you see, the, I've been slightly disingenuous. I was talking about the evangelicals leaving, and but they should be the real Church of England. What I'm really saying is that uh, that they should exert their power and take over. You see, the church, the the major, uh, okay, there's two sort of um, centres where there's a lot of money in the Church of England. Mm-hmm. One is the church commissioners, and uh, the, the, you know the funding for lots of things come from this central fund, um, including uh, clergy pay. Uh, and including, you know, the bishops and uh, archbishop are paid their salary from this central fund. They're not paid from what we pay in, what churches pay in. They're not paid from that. But if you talk about that, what churches pay and what churches actually bring in money, virtually all of them, not quite all, but virtually all of them, the wealthy churches, the big ch- growing churches, are evangelical. You can do a survey across the country. The growing churches are evangelical of some stripe, charismatic mm-hmm. or conservative. There are a few bigger Anglo-Catholic churches in the big cities that have remained. There are virtually not very few liberal churches that are growing. And there's a very good reason for that. I believe liberal have nothing to show for it. So um, where I'm being disingenuous in this, in encouraging the uh, um, LGBT-friendly churches to leave, if they leave, they will dwindle and disappear. So I'm all for them doing that. Well... And it, but if they're right, they won't dwindle and disappear. So from their point of view, it's also the right thing to do. Evangelicals, I believe, should say to the Church of England, unless you stick to biblical doctrine, you don't get any money from us. I don't, not a little bit? None, zero. And uh, Jane uh, Ozan refers to churches restructuring the way they finance themselves. And that is absolutely true. See, if you can have a staff in an evangelical church, you pay them a different way, not through the normal Church of England way, mm-hmm. and you don't bother with the ordination system apart from uh, the vicar, maybe one other person, but most of your staff you handle yourself. You could even, if you wanted them ordained officially, bring in a bishop from outside and do it. Which has already been Which done already in happened. some cases. And there's a church in Southern Diocese that has recently joined that uh, the Free Church of England, which has been around 150 years or something like that, which is which is the last time that the, the <laughs> Church of England split. There's an, there's other other bishops, being missionary bishops, coming into the church. Mm-hmm. So there already exist church, churches of England that aren't part of the main Church of England, who regard themselves as part of the historic Church of England. Um, what, what I can see happening is either you leave and join one of those, uh, or you form form your own denomination, bring all the evangelicals together, um, or you do this: you um, you put pressure. You you say no, you've got to change, and put real pressure on the Church of England to change, such that uh, such that it keeps to traditional doctrine, and uh, then you form an alliance with just you know there's an evangelical alliance. You just um, amp up your um, support. Maybe for the existing evangelical alliance, or maybe you um, create a, a new body uh, to oversee it. Uh, something uh, internationally like AFCON seems to me the ob- obvious choice to have that replacing the Lambeth Conference as the real joining mm-hmm. together of different um, of, of different archbishops and bishops. Uh, that's my view.
But that may be not what you think, gentle listener. In fact, uh, it's just—it's not just slightly controversial. That's a very controversial view. I think the right one. But if you think I'm wrong, let me know, or you know, give me some support. I always appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if, uh, and if you want to um, know more about, well, what about other churches? And uh, Beryl knows more about the uh, Ealing Pentecostal Church, which has had a huge um, effect uh, on this country. You know, now most. Many, many churches are affected by the Pentecostal and later charismatic revival in this country. It all started with the big um, uh, Elim Pentecostal um, uh, evangelistic crusades. We've been, uh, uh, you know, huge uh, um, change uh, in this country that's sort of gone under the radar. But maybe you want to know more about that? Let us know what you want to hear about. And... Uh, We'll do our best uh, to oblige. Well, that's that's going to be all for us here this week on uh, Good News for Radio. See you next time. Matter, matter.